0: This morning, you think about the very words of that song. I don't know how you can't just be excited and grateful to God for his wonderful goodness. Amen. When I think about all the things that I've faced with in life and just living life and all the problems and uh, all of life's challenges, uh, when I think about my sin, amen to God, being washed away as far as the east is from the west. No devil oftentimes tries to remind you of those things that you've done and you failed God. He reminds you. He won't let you forget it sometimes. And I go to God in prayer and say, God, search my heart. And I hear them words saying, what sin are you talking about? Amen. I've never heard that song, Brother Roger, but what a powerful song. Amen. That would remind us of his great love and grace for our life. Aren't you knowing today that God loves you? Do you know that today? Amen. If you do, stand with me this morning. Look around at somebody and point up to him and say, he loves you. Amen. He is more quick, as brother was singing about, he is more quick to forgive than he is to judge. What a wonderful, mighty God we serve. Uh, the flip side of that is is that we must be in a position to receive his grace. Amen. The Bible said if you'll confess your faults, he's faithful and just. How many believe that today? Amen. I don't think God's going to do anything if you don't do your part. But he is very quick to forgive. Amen. And love today. In 2 Samuel chapter 18, we're going to finish up this message today. How many would say amen? I'm so glad preacher has been hard on us the last couple two or three weeks, but we are uh, I believe that it's been a benefit it has been to my heart and to my life. How many knows that we're in a battle we're in a battle that battle is spiritual, and spirits, if we allow them to, can carry us on a journey just like Absalom uh, recently and you'll find out uh, some things that you'll see in the news and uh, concerning church and church people, you'll find out that if we're not on our guard and if we're not doing what God has called us to do, we can easily, I don't care how long you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, if you don't yield yourself to God and you start yielding yourself to these spirits, they'll take you on a journey that you don't want to go on. And, uh, and so today, Second Samuel chapter 18, we'll finish this message Series. Verse 9. And Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak. And his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth. And the mule that was under him went away. Somebody say, Uh -oh." oh. Uh oh. Let me read that part one more time. The mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak. And his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth, and the mule that was under him went away. A certain man saw it and told Joab, saying, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. Father, we ask you that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, that you would let the Holy Ghost move, speak through me through this vessel. And, Father, that you would anoint every ear and every life to receive your word today in such a way that would cause us, Lord, to be refreshed, renewed, on guard, prepared for battle. And, Lord, knowing this, that through your grace and through our faith in you, there is not a challenge too great that we can't overcome, and we can walk, Father, in the great holiness of God by your Spirit daily as we surrender to you. Help us to have that heart and that desire. Let this message today, Lord, though it may sting, God, let it also bring healing, and Father, let it bring awareness, and let us march stronger than we've ever marched before as a church into the glorious purpose of God. For you be glorified today, and none other, in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. You can be seated in the house of the Lord again. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that we've come to the finality of this because I have sincerely, amen, been struggling, as I've mentioned with you the past few weeks, uh, that God would always seem to carry me to some tough, difficult places. And uh, faith, by faith, I would press on for the purpose of God. How many knows that sometimes obeying God's not easy? Sometimes being obedient to the Lord takes great faith and perseverance. Uh, It's sometimes unsettling uh, and sometimes it's stirring. But I promise you this, uh, this old preacher is glad this is the last one. Amen. I might say, uh uh-oh, he might give me another hard one next time. Nevertheless, the Word of God is true today and it brings to our lives uh, uh, knowledge of what God's will is for us and helps us in our guiding along our journey that we would walk in the ways that God would have us to walk, that we would also guard against the things that God would have us to guard against. Amen? How many likes to know how you're going and where you're going and, and be able to see your path clearly as you make your journey? Amen? Amen? There have been many that told me in life's journey, they said, Preacher, I just don't know what to do. I just don't know where to go. Get in the Word of God. He will guide you. Amen. From Genesis to Revelation, you will find in the scriptures uh, a sovereign God who is penned. He has penned sovereignly through men and women of God uh, uh, the, the great word of God through Genesis from Genesis to Revelation to bring into view the purpose of God, who he is, and who we are in relation to him, and to guide us, protect us, and to cause us to be overcomers. How many wants to be an overcomer? That's kind of weak. How many wants to be an overcomer? How many wants to rise above every challenge, rise above every trial, rise above every situation? I don't know about you. It may not be easy going through it, but I want to get through it. Come, can, can somebody say amen? I want to rise above it. I don't want to get caught up in the middle of a mess that the devil done throwed up in there to try to, to hold us down and to destroy me and to destroy my family or destroy the church or destroy the things that he would like to destroy. Can can I tell somebody this morning that, that it is God's and purpose from Genesis to Revelation to point us to where the victory lies and it doesn't lie in a position it doesn't come on somebody it doesn't lie in your church membership I've said it before it doesn't lie in in your cloud in society it only lies your victory only lies in the cross of Calvary by Jesus Christ who was hanging there the son of God he is our victory today it is him who washes sins away it is him who strengthens the weak it is him who undergirds Amen. Those that are that are that are weary, amen to God in their journey today. It is God. It is He who heals. It is He who delivers. Today we serve a mighty God, and I declare unto you His name is Jehovah Jireh He is your provider. He is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord reigns in you. He is the one who is above all in all through all. And there is no weapon formed against you that can prosper because not of who you are but of who he is today it is him who brings us victory i'm grateful today i'm not alone i'm grateful today that jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather he's standing by my side when i hear that thunder roll Look at somebody and say, oh, oh, yes. I want to go ahead and tell you he's even with me when I mess up. He's with me when I fall flat on my face. He don't stand back, point his finger at me, and say, I'm through with you. He don't stand back, point his finger at me, and and begin to criticize and to destroy who I am. He says, son, get back up, take a hold of my hand, and let me help you make this journey together. We can't do it without him. We need him. Without him, I could be nothing. In the midst of this, we're dealing with a very important narrative in this story of David. David, who had failed God in the very beginning of this, I believe, and many theologians believe, and the scripture declares, and the fact that he did not deal with a situation that he should have dealt with. The fact is that his son Amnon had raped his half-sister Tamar. David did nothing about it. He was wrong for that. But God didn't strip him of his kingship. Here's somebody. David had a heart that was different from King Saul. King Saul was a man that did not revere God, who was out for himself, who did not have the right heart, who was jealous, who was envious, who was bitter. And God literally told him because of his disobedience that the kingdom was rent from him. But David received it in the day that Samuel met him out in the shepherd field. How many remember that day? Samuel went out there and anointed him. And from that day forward, the Bible said, your Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. How many knows the Spirit of the Lord will be upon you even when you mess up, even when you make mistakes. From that day forward, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David because God had a divine purpose for him and a sovereign purpose for him, and David had a right heart. See, you can mess up and still have a right heart. Absalom was a good man in the beginning until the day that he allowed his feelings to get in the way. When he became bitter, when he became angry, when he began to allow these things to get in his heart and and cause him to turn to rebellion and vengefulness that we talked about. Before that, Absalom was a great guy, but then all of a sudden his feelings got in the way. Look at somebody and say, Don't do it. He was angry, he was bitter. We talked about in this very particular life, in this very spirit, given the opportunity, this spirit can become relentless. And Absalom was now committed because he had given in to his feelings and not to the things of God, but to the feelings and the motions that had now become toxic and destructive. One thing about David, David may not have always done things right, but David always knew to look whether to the hills from which cometh his help. I don't believe David was walking around Around, even though he probably should have made a decision and brought judgment. I don't believe David was walking around trying to hide it from God. I believe deep down in the heart of David. See, David was a meditator. Anybody ever meditate on the Lord? You talk about prayer, but I'm talking about meditate day and night. Are you thinking when you're riding down the road about the goodness of God. Or you praying from the very soul of your spirit. I believe David was a meditator. And I believe as he was seeing all these things happen, his heart was breaking. I believe somewhere deep down in the heart of David, he didn't have to come from his lips. Amen. There are many people that open their mouth and talk, but nothing amen, nothing relevant comes forward from it because it's not coming from the heart. There are many people that pray, but their heart's not in it. But I believe David was a man who not only had a heart that would bring forth manifested words from his lips, but he also would look around and begin to see the circumstances be broken by it and still be reaching out to God from the very heart of who he is. I believe David had a heart that was after to God, even when he messed up, he still wanted God to move mightily in his life, and he felt the pain of it. He felt felt the sorrow of it. I want to know somebody this morning, when you fail God, do you feel sorry for it? Amen. Does it break your heart like I believe it broke David's? David, I believe, meditated on his word and meditated unto the Lord, but you're dealing now with Absalom who his mindset is a little bit different because he's, not, he's acting upon bitterness whereas David is acting upon the pain of sorrow. Come on, somebody. David's heartbroken. Absalom should be too, but he allowed himself to get caught up in his feelings of bitterness. He became bitter with leadership. He, he took matters into his own hands. He he had Amnon killed. He he became a ticking time bomb. Look at somebody and say, don't do it. He became a manipulator at the gate. He stole hearts and built a kingdom and used rightful resources to manipulate strategies to begin an overthrow of King David. I, I just got to remind somebody this morning that God is a God of grace and he is a God of love. And in the midst of it all, oh, our feelings can misguide us, amen? Our feelings can cause us to make decisions that can, that, that can sabotage what God's doing in our very own life. Our decisions, if we're not careful and we don't seek the heart of God, will cause us to act upon something that can mess us up. Come on, somebody. What we do, we must do in God to the very best of our ability. We must do it in God. Now now listen, all these things we talked about, But now we see this man who's allowed himself to be controlled by his adverse feelings. He's mad. He's angry. It ain't long. We're going to finish this up today. It ain't long. Listen. He's bitter. Well, bless the Lord. Who do they think they are? What gives them a right? Well, you know, I understand, but no, you don't understand. When the but gets in there, you've lost understanding. He's bitter because somebody they knew their past. Oh, God, help me. I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord. Everybody in here has got a past. Want to talk about it? Closets are full of bones, skeletons. Everybody's got a past. He was mad because of what happened in the past. Somebody couldn't do nothing about it anyway. So rather than give it to God, he decided, I'm going to do this my own way. So rather than let God be God and God work out some things and God work through the leadership and God, come on somebody. We often get too many chiefs and not enough Indians. People that think they know better. People that think they, they, they should be in charge. People that think, well, it didn't happen my way, so I'm going to get involved and I'm going to set a course that is going to cause things to happen the way that I want them to happen. Everybody up in here has got to pass. Thank God that the blood covers it all. The blood covers it. Your mouth won't cover it. Your gossip won't cover it. Your condemnation won't cover it. Everything you have to say against anybody in this church won't cover it. But I'll tell you where you better find yourself, at the foot of the cross where the blood covers it all. Your complaining won't cover it. It takes the blood today. The blood of Jesus. Amen. Nobody in here died for you. Jesus did. Whoa! Preacher had to get hard on this last one. I want the devil to get the point. I didn't come here to look pretty, to draw a check. Dear God, I came here to let God be God. You didn't come here to be a part of a social organization. You came here to be a part of a global church that is victorious. And I don't know about you, but it's time to get in position. It's time to get in position. It's time to get ready. There's an Absalom spirit out there and we need to be on guard. Oh, you preach so angry. I'm mad at the devil. Absalom, and these last two things that I want to share with you. Spirit led out of the will of God to something that's very important. It used to be when people committed themselves to God, they were committed. They'd fight tooth and toenail to be faithful. Now, well, if I can be faithful, I will. If I can stand for the Lord, I will. If I can obey God, I will. Then you have the ones that are living under the spirit of Absalom, that can't stand even the very one they're sitting by, and they try not to let you know it. They get all over Facebook and tell you about how much they love you every now and then. but When they get to church, they'll smile at you real pretty, but the whole community is talking about the things they're saying about you. Preacher, you shouldn't be doing this. I'm telling you, it happens in a lot of places, churches. And you don't think people's trying to praise God with that midst of that mess going on? My goodness, yes, people are praising God right beside foot when they know, hey man, they feel the tension, they feel the pain. And I don't know about you, but I feel something breaking loose, and it's time to let God continue to do what God's doing and have His way. Amen. There's something happening in the atmosphere. What does that have to do with anything? It has to do something with this hypocrite. I don't know. I'm just preaching what God gave me. Don't y'all say preachers talking about me. I'm preaching what God gave me. If the shoe fits, get to the altar. If you spend more time trying to find problems with the church instead of worshiping God and praying for the leadership, it's time to get to an altar of prayer. If you're trying to find more problems wrong with the pastor than you are in the LCAC or whoever, than you are with what God desires, it's time to get to an altar of prayer because the bottom line is this. Absalom could not take the feelings that he was feeling and overcome them because he did not surrender his heart to the sovereignty of God. God, give me somebody who will praise God even when the devil can't stop. With a pure heart. Give me somebody that can love even the, the very enemy that's talking about you, that's running you down, that's this being deceptive, that's smiling in your face and, and talking about you behind your back. Give me something. I know this is hard. but I'm telling you give me somebody who has a heart like David that even though Absalom had turned on him and was deceiving him we're going to see something here in a minute that David kept his heart in tune with God give me somebody that I ain't going to let the devil stop me ain't no Absalom spirit going to stop me ain't no Absalom spirit going to hang me up ain't no Absalom spirit going to hinder me I came to glorify God in my body and in my soul and I'm going to do it in the church. I'm going to do it on the street. I'm going to do it in my home. I'm going to do it in the grocery store. I'm going to do it in the mountain. I'm going to do it by the seashore. I'm going to do it. Amen. If the devil don't like it, he knows what he can do. Brother Mike, I forgot it. It's in my office. Listen, Absalom, he goes in. Second Samuel, chapter fifteen. Absalom asked the king, he says, I want to go to Hebron. I want to go there and pay my vow before the Lord. This particular vow needs to be noted. This is the vow. 2 Samuel 15, 8. He tells David this. For thy servant vowed a vow while I abode at Gashur in Syria. And I said, how many has ever heard this before? Thank you, brother. God bless you. He said this. He said, Lord, if you'll bring me back to Jerusalem, then I'll serve you. Anybody ever heard that before? God, if you let me get this loan, I'll serve you. God, if you let me have this husband or this wife, I'll serve you. God, if you're making deals with God, making a deal with the Lord. Now, uh, what Absalom was saying was, I will come and I will serve you, God, if you'll do this for me. He didn't have a right, did he? He didn't have a right. He didn't have a right to ask for that. But he asked for it anyway. He should have been humble before God and said, Lord, have mercy on me. But he said, God, if you let me get back to Jerusalem, I'm going to serve you. The spirit of Absalom is a deceptive spirit. It will lead you to believe Something that seems rational or good, but behind the scenes there is always something that is broken, undone, that is miserable, that is conspired against the very heart of the one that they have deceived. In other words, deception is empty words, lies, and half-truths. It's best to keep your mouth shut than it is to open it and let some of the stuff come out That will reflect this. Preacher, you mean no? Like the brother was singing God's quick to forgive. Over judgment, but the problem is, is we have to acknowledge where we have failed God. And even now, Absalom has not. He hasn't said, God, forgive me for taking matters into my own hands. Lord, have mercy on me. Matter of fact, David hasn't either, but Absalom sure didn't. But he's going to God, thinking in his heart maybe that he was justified in what he's done, saying, God, if you'll take me down there and put me back in Jerusalem, I will serve you. But I got news for you. It was a a lie, it was half truths. Hey, Amen. If you did a blood test on it, it would come back zero percent true. Amen. They wouldn't. I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying. Don't you use the name of the Lord to justify your will. He had no desire to to, to worship God. He jumped off that ship a long time ago when he killed him and, and he continued to press on in rebellion. He was looking to serve the heart of Absalom. And the Absalom spirit don't care about you, it only cares about what he can get. get. Get out of you. The devil don't care about you. He don't care about me. He only wants what he can get out of you. And he'll be deceptive. The level of anger, bitterness, and rebellion and vengefulness had reached now. That place of deception All he cared about was Absalom. The Absalom spirit is self centered, a self spirit of deception. Don't use the name of the Lord to justify your will. Amen. If you're going to serve him, serve him. But don't praise him in my face and stab me in the back. Preacher, I can't believe you saying these things. I promise you, everywhere needs to hear this. The church is under attack, and we got to get victory from the attacks that are happening within. Because there's some attacks that's coming that the enemy is looking to do to shut you down, to shut the church down. And we ain't got time to be hung up on stuff that we need to get victory over all across this globe. People saying, I won't go to church because the hypocrites go there. Well, I'd rather go to church with the hypocrites and go to hell with them. Amen. I don't come to church for hypocrites. I come for the Lord. I come to worship Him. I come to give Him my heart and my life. And that's what you should do, amen, to be surrendered to Him. He was a, he, he. had literally, he was doing to the face of David one thing and then he was going behind the scenes with another agenda. He didn't care about worshiping God. All he cared about was getting his kingdom established, his army established, so that he could go in and try to steal away the kingdom from David. He sent out spies throughout the tribes of Israel. When you hear the uh, trumpet shout, Absalom reigns in Hebron. He took 200 men when he left Jerusalem and they had no clue what was happening. Some folks innocent in it all, amen. They don't have a clue what's going on. They just somehow got sweet-talked. they well, that preacher, he's not, he's not annoying. He's a madman. He just sounds mean. But you'll follow somebody that says, oh, God bless you. The devil's crafty. I'd rather somebody I'd rather I'd rather somebody stand flat footed and preach under an anointing that seemed like it was so angry at the enemy than I had be swept away by somebody just smiling at you. Two hundred men walked away, left Jerusalem that day, and followed Absalom. Because he had a way of getting through to people that he could, he could just steal their hearts. He looked good. He was a good-looking man. His hearts were stole. They were walking out of the city thinking, oh, my goodness, this is going to be great. This is be. But they did not know what was going on. Oh, God help us. They had no clue, and David took Ahithophel while he was offering sacrifices in Gilo. That was the counselor of David. He he even went and sent for him, and they took him with him. And and the deception that had begun that day started a conspiracy. The Absalom Spirit cannot win. Let me say that again. It may seem like sometimes that the Absalom Spirit will win, but he can't win. Because greater is he that's in me. Whoa! I've got to say that again. Greater's he that's in you than he that's in this world. In other words, the attack may be coming at you but the God inside of you is going to conquer it if you humble yourself and surrender yourself to him. Yield unto the spirit and let God fight your battle. I promise you this, the enemy of the Absalom spirit cannot destroy the God inside of you. David, David David heard that the hearts of the men of Israel were were with Absalom, and he fled. He, he gathered his men together, and he said, Listen, we're, we're going to go. He left ten concubines behind to take care of the house, but he says, We're going to go. And He took those servants, and he passed over the brook Kadron and headed toward the wilderness of Judah and Jericho, trying to get himself together and get in a safe place because he knew when he had got word that Absalom, what Absalom had done That Absalom could come in there and overtake them and overpower them. I want to tell you, sometimes you just got to get along with God. Amen. Sometimes you just got to get by yourself with God and say, God, if I don't have your guidance here, I'm going to be overpowered. If I don't have your guidance here, I'm going to be overtaken. If I don't have your leadership here, the enemy has the, the, the means and he has the knowledge. He knows what to do. Don't you know that today? He knows how to get to you. But David, when he was warned, heeded to that warning and he left and he got alone and he got prepared. Sometimes it may seem like this conspiracy is going to work, but I promise you, the clock is going to run out on the enemy because God has his eye on the enemy. You may not, but God does. And God will send you warning and he'll send you a message to be prepared by his Holy Spirit and you must walk in that. David didn't fight Absalom. He gave it to God. Amen. he let God have the battle some of you in here need to understand God's got this battle let me say that again God's got this battle give him praise Psalm chapter 121, verses 1 through 5. David said, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow, somebody shout, thank you, Lord. He will not allow your foot to be moved. David had written this now. Don't you think David understood God? Don't you think he knew the heart of God? He who keeps you won't slumber. God's not going to turn his back on you and walk away from you. He's going to be right there prepared to be your deliverer, to be your salvation. He he is not on vacation neither does he sleep behold he keeps Israel today he keeps Israel still Israel is in the hands of God and no nation will ever overthrow the kingdom of Israel it'll never happen it's never it's never gonna happen and I promise you that God has got his hand on you the Lord is your keeper The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you. Somebody shout again, amen. The Lord shall preserve you from all. Whoa. You know what that means to me? That means to me, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's got me. He's preserving me. The storms of life are raging, but he's preserving me. What is he preserving me for? He's preserving my soul. The evil may affect me all around, but my soul is in his hands, and he's got me from the innermost being of who I am. I could care less what the devil does to me on the outside, but I I'm thankful to God that He saved me on the inside. I'm whoo st- He'll preserve David knew these things. Come on, Anna Grace. What I want to say to the spirit of Absalom, you will be defeated because God will defeat you. You're going to have to turn loose of the lives that you have deceived and that you have played uh, conspiracy with. Because God, His hand is going to move upon those situations. His hand is going to deliver. Now, I can tell you something when God gets in it, revival's on the way when God gets in it when God goes to moving David even said to Abiathar the priest as they made their journey into the wilderness of Judah he said send the ark back into Jerusalem they had the ark with me. he said no no send it back ain't this the, the, the good grace of God he said send it back He said, I'm going to tell you what. He said, it belongs in Jerusalem. We don't need to be taken around. But if I find favor in God, he said, God will bring me back. He said, but if God don't bring me back, I surrender myself to his judgment in my life. How many do that today? How many surrender yourself to the judgment of God in your life? What a mighty bold statement for David to say. He says, I will surrender myself to that and I'll put my future in God's sovereign hands if I don't come back. What's your job in this? Your job is to live right and let God fight your battles. Live right and let God fight your battles. Do right and let God fight your battles. After preparations were made for an overthrow, the day had arrived. David prepares his forces in 2 Samuel chapter 18. He instructed Joab, Abishai, and Attai, these three men. He said, whatever you do, I don't care what Absalom's doing, you deal gently with him. But They went into the fields into the woods of Ephraim. 20,000 men became slain that day by the hand of David's servants. And the battle was scattered all over. 2 Samuel chapter 18 verses 9 through 10. Picture this you got a man that's bitter, a man that's angry, a man that has taken matters into his own hands to become vengeful, that has been rebellious against the sovereign leadership of God. His whole life now, he was a good man. His whole life now had been taken on a journey that had left him spiritually broken. And yet he still could not see to turn and surrender it all to God. Here we find him at the climax of what all these emotional hurt feelings has carried him to. What would that be today, preacher? The ultimate conspiracy to try to take what don't belong to you. He tried that. But remember I told you God's hand will always overcome over the spirit of Absalom. Amen. That's a good, that's shouting material right there. Y'all mad with me? I heard somebody say, yeah. Listen, God's hand always wins. If you're where God wants you to be, the devil can't move you. He can try, but the devil can't move you. I'll go ahead and tell you something else too. God can't, uh, God's people can't move you if that's where God wants you, because He'll protect you there. What does that mean? What, what are you trying to be cocky? No, I'm not. I'm just saying, get wherever God wants you to be and be faithful. You live right. Let God fight your battles. Love people. Love God. Don't get hung up on Absalom hangups. Absalom saw David's servants in 2 Samuel 18, verse 9. We've been reading it the last four weeks. Stand with me, if you will, please. He's seen his servants, and all of a sudden, David, David, uh, <laughs> or David's men see him. Absalom runs he was riding upon a mule and of course he had long hair there he was riding along and all of a sudden one of the thick boughs of that oak the mule decided he was going to go up under it. two things I want to share with you God's judgment on the spirit of Absalom is hard But I promise you there's victory at the altars of repentance and prayer. The Lord will give you victory over that spirit. But if you continue to let that spirit affect you and you don't guard yourself against it, I'll tell you what happened you'll be exposed just like Absalom was. Absalom was riding a mule. That mule was supposed to take him to victory. But he had more faith in that mule than he did God. And his head got caught up in the boughs of that oak. Let me tell you what the devil will do. He'll walk out from under you and leave you hanging right there. Come on, somebody. Exposed for all the world to see all the community to see. Let me tell you, good, holy women, men and women of God that had a great integrity, it was never that they did not fight battles. They just chose to fight the good fight of faith. It's never that they didn't have temptation, and it's never even that they didn't make mistakes and fall. But it's the fact that they refused To allow their hearts to get caught up in spirits like Absalom. They allowed God to fight their battles. And they allowed God's sovereign grace to work not only in their life, but as he willed it in the life of others. I want to say this today.